Well, welcome back, everybody. Another weekend goes flying by, and we ask the inevitable question, do you know where your president is? <laughs> of course you don't know where your president is. But what makes it really a good thing, or you can't feel bad about it, is he doesn't know where he is either. So you're at least even. Although he is assisted in this game of Where's Waldo by the Secret Service, who have become much more secretive than you would think of late. What a surprise that is these days. The federal government seems to be more opaque all the time. Who would have thunk? Hey, welcome back. We are here on the Rick Wagner Show, getting it right with Rick Wagner here on KNZ KGLN. And we are in many places, not only 1100, 980, but uh, uh, 100.1, uh, 98.1, 96.1, I think 97.2. Uh, I'll probably give us some wrong ones here because I don't have them in front of me. But we're a lot of places. Wherever you're listening to us, you know where you're at. So thank you so much for that. I cannot tell you how uh, much I enjoy your listenership. We don't want to forget the ships at sea. Of course, I've forgotten those as well in various transmitting stations. And signaling, I assume there's someone at sea listening to us. <laughs> I hope they're not floating on an ice chest, fi- chest fighting off sharks, which was a story I read earlier this week. It sounded terrible for these people who were shipwrecked. And uh, the Coast Guard saved them, but they were out there off of, uh, I think, the coast of New York. Remember? And their ship had capsized, and uh, they had a uh, an ice chest that they were floating on, and they were attracting the uh, interest of underwater predators. And I don't mean a Chinese submarine. I mean uh, real predators. So uh, it's quite a little adventure, it sounded like. Anyway, yes, we don't know where our president is, but there is something interesting, as I think we talked about before, but I can't remember that I think this week President Biden will have been in Delaware 204 days since his uh, ascension to the uh, presidency. That seems like kind of a long time to vacation. I don't know about you, but... Uh, in two years, I think if you told your boss that you're going to be off for 200 days of the first two years, uh, kind of kicking back, relaxing, riding your bike, falling off of it, you know, that kind of stuff, I think your boss might uh, be a little reluctant to hire you or keep you on. But apparently we're stuck. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but Rick, isn't it better when he's up there doing nothing? And yet there's a great argument for that, that it's better just to pay him if he would just stay up there in that cryogenic chamber that they put him in every weekend. But unfortunately, people around him move on, and then they revive him periodically, trot him out, says a bunch of outrageous lies, move his hands and feet, and then he signs something and goes back to the chamber. You know, there's not much we can do about that until the next election, I guess. The best thing that we can do is to have a great turnout in the midterms and get a congressional group together that will stop this nonsense, roll back a few little pieces of it that you can do legislatively, and just hold on. Do we get somebody else in the White House in 2024? I mean, it seems unoccupied now, but there is a lot of problems coming out of it. So we want to do that if we can. I uh, I had a couple of things here I want to talk about. One of them, because, and I hate to just, in, I don't want to increase your worry, but this is just something to be thinking about. If you are on or expect to be on Social Security, there's some troubling statistics out that aren't being mentioned very much. And it came out this week because Social Security is going to be giving its biggest cost of living uh, adjustment, a COLA as they call them, uh, for next year. And it's going to be the biggest one since 1981, I think. And it's 8.7%. Of course, people who are living on Social Security can't survive for very long if year after year inflation eats into that fixed amount and they can no longer afford anything. 
That's the reason for these increases. It's a huge increase. The difficulty comes with the idea that we don't have any money. Well, I guess we can print money or perhaps borrow money from China, but that's not the same. Uh, the fund is, of course, running out. We all know that. And there's a couple of things that I thought we'd mention, just so you're aware of them, because somebody has to be thinking about this. And we have to stop government spending in general so that we can preserve it for the things that we've promised people and not just blow it out the window on some of the most outrageously ridiculous things we've ever seen or just keep sending it to the Ukraine, which apparently is going to blow things up. And I'm very suspicious where it might also be headed since we have no control over the 90 billion, I think we've sent, we've certainly sent 70. It's probably more, it's more than that by now. I said 90. I don't know where I got that figure from, but I know we're pretty much 70. And in arms, equipment, and I guess pallets of cash, uh, Krugerrands, if those still exist. I'm sure we sent everything over there. But in the meantime, Social Security is, uh, getting ready to, you know, take a little trip down the drain if we're not careful. In 13 years, they estimate that Social Security is going to be depleted. In other words, the fund will be out by 2035. That's just 13 years. For those of us that doesn't, you know, don't want to do the math quickly. Um, now, one of the problems, of course, is the number of workers that are contributing to the program is growing more slowly than the number of people who are receiving money from the program. And you can see that when you just look from 1960. If you go back to, you know, 1940s or something, uh, especially 1950, there's a lot of people, but just 1960, when you get the kind of the and of the baby boomer kind of push there. At that point, there were 5.1 people working for every person who was on Social Security. Now, it's 2.8 people working for every person on Social Security. That's a huge difference. And in 1960, and I'm, I'm looking at some of these statistics that I wrote down here, uh, the Social Security program had revenues of $12 billion and outlays just shy of $12 billion. So they're actually spending a little less than they were taking in. That's usually a good thing when it comes to budgeting. By 2021, the ratio of outlays to revenues, in other words, the amount of money that was going out was uh, one point, well, <laughs> one thousand one hundred and forty-five billion. That's one trillion one hundred forty-five billion dollars for those like you and me, and the revenues were one billion. 80, 1,000,000,000,000. So, you know, that sounds, you know, there's a $57 billion shortfall. Now, that's nothing in Washington now. I mean, they spend that on car services, probably. But for real people, that's a ton of money. And it's a bad sign. Uh, by 2034, uh, the Social Security expects the costs will exceed the amount that they have to pay out by $437 billion. That's starting to get to be the amount of money that's noticeable even in this Washington, you know, because the printing presses will get really hot if you try and press that much, print that much money at once. They have to shut them down for a while. And uh, now the plan, remember, is that if the funds become depleted, then the benefits are to be cut by 20%. I mean, that's the existing idea now. And, you know, we've got some time to see what would happen with that. And we, we just have less workers, for one thing. Um, in 1960, if a family was expected, you know, about 3.6 children. In 2020, that's 1.6. 
So there are just less workers out there. Plus, Americans are living longer. In 1960, if you got to 65, they figured you'd live to be 80. Now, if you get to 65, your expectation is to go to 85. Uh, so if you want to do your part, I guess, is uh, go get some whiskey and some Marlboros and start really loading that stuff up, get that uh, life expectancy back down to where it used to be. Uh, but I don't think that's what we want to do. Uh, what we need to do is, at a minimum, stop this spending because it's doing two things. It's taking what money we actually have in the Treasury that could be used for things like defense, Social Security, uh, actually having an oil reserve, you know, get that thing back up running, the kinds of core issues that we need as a country. And we could use it on that instead of throwing money out the window at one crazy program after another, subsidizing solar, uh, you know, spending money uh, across at in Europe for, well, Eastern Europe, with Ukraine without even having any idea of where it's going. All this kind of stuff is money we better use other places. And the other thing is that to get this money, in many says we're printing it and borrowing it, and it's raising inflation, which means that the cost of living increases go up, which puts more money into the system, which in turn creates more inflation. So until we get spending under control and put the spending we do back in the right position, all these problems come together. This is just another one of them. We'll be back. 